Hey hikers, welcome to the Thruer Podcast, where we talk to new and experienced long distance or through hikers about their adventures on and off trail. I'm your host, Cheer. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Thruer Podcast. Today, we are talking to the Bennett family, aka Kids Out Wild. They were part of our 2022 trail team and just finished their Triple Crown last year on Mount Katahdin. In this episode, we go over so many things, including their favorite foods from trail. They cold soaked as a family, (laughs) Uh, favorite town foods, the best and worst memories from trail and they each share which is so special I love that we got all of the different perspectives as a family and we also get to know how it was hiking with a dog on the three triple crown trails we also go over the struggles the high points favorite towns and so much more before we get into it we'd like to thank our sponsor for this podcast Sawyer Sawyer believes in products with purpose and they create great products for the outdoor enthusiast and they also have purpose behind what they do. So as far as their products, they make really great water filtration systems. I have used their Sawyer Squeeze for years and also their bug repellent. So their Pickardin, their Promethrin is really, really great, very effective. And I'm definitely going to be using these products as I hike the Appalachian Trail this year. And aside from their wonderful products, Sawyer believes in clean water for all, and they have an initiative with 140 charity partners to transform and help communities. They help with disaster relief and also with refugee camps. And if you'd like to donate to the Sawyer Foundation and or check out their great products, you can do so at their website. It's www.sawyer.com, and we have that linked in the show notes for you. All right, let's get into the episode. Enjoy this fun Q&A with Kids Out Wild. Okay, so I would like to introduce Kids Out Wild or the Bennett family. Uh, Welcome to the Thruer Podcast. How are you guys doing tonight? We're doing good. Doing good? Yeah, you look like you're doing great. I know it's a little late, so I appreciate you guys getting on kind of around dinner time. (laughs) Um, So yes, so happy to have you on. You guys just finished your triple crown on Katahdin. Um, And so today we're going to be talking about the PCT, the CDT, and the AT. So sometimes when we do these interviews, we focus on one trail, but for you guys, since you are new triple triple crowners, we're going to just focus on all of the trails. Um, so yes, give your answers to each one, depending on, um, it doesn't really matter which trail. So, um, we're going to start with, um, giving in, you guys can give a little intro, um, for the family. And I know you had a special guest also on the AT. Um, so you can talk about her as well. Um, and Muir is your pup, correct? Yes. (laughs) So maybe he'll make a special, um, uh, 
I don't know if he's around or not, but maybe we could see him. Yeah, we can we'll yeah. bring him out later. He's really excited. He'll he'll be really frantic, so we'll bring him out later. Okay, that would be great. I'm upset. I don't have a dog myself, but I am obsessed with dogs. Every time I see a dog on trail, I just freak out. I love dogs. So yes, I would we would love to see Mir. And this is um this is going to be a podcast episode, but if you guys are okay with it, we can also um, use the video for our YouTube channel if you're okay with it. So it's up to you, but um, sure. I'm sure our YouTube uh, viewers would love to see Muir as well. So bring him out later if you want. Um, okay. So um, yes, like I said, we're going to start with the interview. We're going to do some fun rapid fire questions at the beginning of the interview, and then we're going to get into our 10 core questions that we ask every experienced through hiker on this show. Um, and then I'm going to ask where we can keep up with your adventures so people listening can follow along with you um, in the future. So with that, um, go ahead and give an intro for yourself. <laughs> All right. I'm Wildflower. I'm the mama. And I got my trail name because I started the PCT with short purple hair and it matched all the wildflowers that were out there. We were in a super bloom on the PCT in 2019. So, so many wildflowers. I'm kidnapper and I, uh, I kidnap my children, uh, nieces, nephews. And uh, yeah, I, I'm kind of of the, of the uh, mindset of the more the merrier. We kind of, we have a good time. So, yeah. Um, I'm Honey Badger, I'm the second oldest. Uh, he did not kidnap me, I am his kid. But uh, the first trail that we did the PCT, I did not want to do it, but now I'm, I'd like to say I'm an avid hiker. I'm a triple crowner and I, I love hiking. I love backpacking. Um, I'll introduce my older sister. Uh, her trail name is Amazon. She's not with us right now. She's off doing her own thing. And then I also invited my cousin to come with us. Her name was Ducky and she hiked with us on the AT and it was her very first, uh, Springer Mountain was her very first night in a tent. She'd never backpacked before. She'd never like camped in a tent. And I was like, you know, I'm hiking the Appalachian Trail this summer. Like, do you have anything going for you? Do you want to hike with me? And she was like, yeah, I do. And so I was like, all right, I'll pack your bag. So I told her all the gear she would need and she just kind of, you know, blindly followed me. And now she, she likes, you know, drinking too. So yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm Turtle. I got the trail name because I lean up against hills and I cannot get back up. Uh, pretty much every time we stop for more than five seconds. And so I'm kind of like a turtle on its shell. Uh, I'm the third oldest, oldest only boy. Um, I suppose I'll introduce our younger sister too. Her name's Ladybug. Uh, and she's not here. She'll be here later. <laughs> That's okay. You guys can answer for her, of course. And is Ladybug, um, does she have the cute hat? Yeah, yes. the one with the hat. Okay, yes, I remember seeing photos of her, and I loved her hat. It's like her signature. It seems like yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. We got that dollars at an outdoor store, and it protects her little cute freckled face. It's been great. And th those are the best hats for hailstorms yeah. because they're a little bit of padding <laughs> and a lot of deflection. So yeah, it's it's nice. I might need to get myself one of those. I did meet a hiker on the PCT who had a hat like that as well. So there's definitely something to that, <laughs> I yeah. think. Yeah. Well, great, thank you for the intro. And your home base is Washington, correct? Yeah, Okay, nice, great. Um, so let's get into the rapid fire question. So I wanna hear from you guys, 
what is the grossest thing you did or ate while on trail? So we're getting right into it. <laughs> uh, we had crickets one time. I felt like that oh, was yeah. gross. I don't know, like that. Yeah, they, there they was they a farmer's the, market and we picked up some crickets for protein. They, they were dried and very dead and they had seasoning on them. They tasted pretty good. I think it was Southern Colorado. No, it was in Shasta. Shasta. Shasta is oh, a great place for random weird stuff. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was probably it. Yeah, crickets. I don't know about anything else. I feel like we've yeah, we uh, we've had a we've had to be more um, cautionary on what we grab out of a hiker box because uh, sometimes it, you know sometimes you need to because you're just like the, we went through the Sierras and we didn't want to have to go uh, out of the Sierras to get a resupply, so we ended up living out of a hiker box for a day or two which is is a lot for six of us because it's that's uh <laughs> that's a lot of food but it worked and we didn't have to we didn't have to go out of the sierras we could just keep on trucking so it was nice very nice okay so yeah living out of the hiker box and then the crickets yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and cold ramen without seasoning is not fun yeah Ooh, mm -hmm. without seasoning what happened to the seasoning packet we just got sick of it we had the seasoning every day and i was just like you know what i'm just eating these noodles at their at their you know rawest form just so i can shove them down because i can't eat the seasoning anymore and I'm so sick of it we also put all of the ramen into one bag smushed all up so we didn't have to have a bunch of volume and i don't know what happened to the seasoning packets but they weren't in the bag with them so <laughs> there was like a resupply where we didn't have any seasoning for our cold ramen <laughs> yeah, we, we did that to get through the Sierras with bear cans because it's, it's always a struggle to fit everything in a bear can. And so we just, we just we took a bag that. liner, or like the bear can liner, and then crush it all up and just poured it right in that. So we had one solid bear can of ramen. And it, it worked. Yeah, we made it. <laughs> Sounds like it worked. Yeah, you guys did the Triple Crown. You made it through there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, speaking of ramen, the past um, two trail team members that I interviewed mentioned, so we're going to get to this later for you guys, but there's a question that's your favorite um, meal to prepare on trail. They both said um, pad thai with ramen. So they add like peanut butter um, and yeah. that sort of thing. So I don't know if you guys have tried that, but that's something no, else. That the thought of it makes me ill. We did it every day on the PCT, pretty much the whole trail for lunch. And I can't. I haven't been able to eat it since. I haven't been able to eat it since. Okay, so you guys a, definitely have done it before. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a Andrew Skirka recipe that he like. I think probably every probably I guess the original people got it from Andrew Skirka because he posted a bunch of, of good recipes. But that one is so easy and it's available at every store. So yep. it's just. I mean. Yeah, sure. It'd be great to have like refried beans that are dehydrated or, you know, and, but you just can't find them. And, and it is a one, lot of calories. It's a lot of calories. You can hide. I mean, it's a thousand calories. You can hide a long time on that. Oh yeah. So, yeah. That's what we want. But, but yes, you do get sick of certain foods on trail, especially if you eat it oh, every yeah. day. So that's yeah. one of them for honey badger. It sounds like. Yeah. Towards the end, it was really I don't know. Well, towards the end, I couldn't hardly eat anything. There was, we bought like tubs of like butter and bread and I was eating butter on bread because I was like, I can't, I can't stand the thought of eating anything. I couldn't eat tortillas. I couldn't eat anything. <laughs> um, also like 
tubs of like frosting I'd just like you know like cookies into frosting because I was like I wasn't eating super nutritious yeah or like uh brownie batter you just put water in that <laughs> you have brownie batter we got marshmallow fluff. yeah, yeah. <laughs> just whatever you can to eat because after you know four years of hiking in a row it's so hard to find something <laughs> that we want to eat right yeah. you guys have a lot of miles under your belt so to have something that you don't get sick of that's tough so yeah. You guys have a lot of great, okay, we are going to get into food later, so I definitely want to dive in more, for sure. That's like our favorite thing to talk about on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. We will definitely get into it more, um, but let's move on to the second rapid fire question. So are you guys, are you UL or do you not care? UL or don't care? Try really hard. We, yeah. I don't think anybody would call us UL, although no. we try. You know, like, it, it's definitely nicer to have a light pack. And so, but I like, I sleep on a big, thick, double wide mat uh, with, with a wildflower because we, we tried like individual mats and they just separate and we, she like feeds off my heat. And, and so it's just, yeah, that's the way it works. But, you know, we do, we do try and keep our, our base weight down. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah we, well, when we got like we got sponsored by a couple of companies and not all of them were like ultra ultra light gear. And so we did have a hard time, you know, with our base weights, but we definitely try. It's a lot easier on trails that are like warmer for the CDT. We definitely had, you know, heavier things because I was very cold on that trail. The whole trail I felt like I was very very cold. Um I had well, on the trail, actually, it's embarrassing, but I had a three-pound sleeping bag because I was so freezing at night, but I couldn't have, I, it was so worth it to me to have that sleeping bag because I was just so cozy warm. So I'd say I don't care. <laughs> I, if, if I'm happy with my gear, then I, it doesn't matter. I'll carry it. I mean, I'm made more uncomfortable by having subpar light gear than carrying more weight. I'd rather be uncomfortable carrying weight than be uncomfortable freezing at night. So, yeah, when you talk to those hikers that that are ultra light, and they're like, "Yeah, I had to wake up in the middle of the night because I was cold and do some push ups so I could warm back up." I'm like, "No thanks. It's okay to pack a few extra ounces of down feathers, you know, and and, and stay warm." But yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people who come on this show say the same thing you guys do it's like yes we're light but we are not ultra light because we like some of these luxuries like you know sleeping through the night being warm (laughs) yeah exactly Mm -hmm. perfect okay boots or trail runners trail runners trail runners runners. don't wear boots i did go with like a mid uh a mid top a trail runner or whatever this this on the at Whereas on the CDT and the PCT and the PNT, we all just did trail runners. So, yeah. Why did you choose the mid, you said the mid um, top? Is that what you said? Trail runners? Yeah. It was, um, you know, it's just like, it's not all the way up your. It's like an ankle boot. Yes. For the ankle. Yeah. For rolling. It was for rolling. And then also like, I'm I'm a heavy guy. And so I. I put a lot of stress on, on boots and shoes. And I just felt like I wasn't, I wasn't getting the mileage out of the trail runners that I wanted to. And so I was hoping, um, 
I was hoping that, that these would last a little bit longer. They didn't, but I didn't really want to change either in the middle of the hike. So, yeah. Yeah, and there's still a big debate as far as like everybody has their own um, brand for their shoes. Yeah, so, um, but I mean, like we've hiked in ultras and we've hiked in um, topos and vasks and obos. And I, I actually, my personal, my personal favorite is the uh, sawtooth by obos, but then they changed the model and it doesn't really have good reviews. So, yeah. and that's that's not a trail runner. It's more like a approach you kind of. <laughs> so it's a little bit heavier uh but i got good mileage out of it, like a thousand miles no problem oh that's or, great mm -hmm. yeah i know some people get that out of trail runners we definitely didn't so no yeah i think the most i got was 800 or uh, yeah 800 but it, they were thrashed right. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's um, most i got was 700 and mine were so bad i was like this is painful every step is painful we also went with the uh, sole insoles instead of like uh, a lot of people do the uh, super feet but the sole they have like a almost like a, a rock guard on the bottom all the way to the toes where the super feet they stop like at, at the ball of your foot which is if i'm going to hit like a sharp rock when my when my shoes are flat i'm going to hit it right there on the ball of my foot then it then it hurts so we went with that and uh yeah, they, we get more mileage out of our shoes that way too. That was kind of nice. Okay. Yeah, good to know. So you said Obos was the shoe of choice or was the brand of choice? It was a, yeah, the Sawtooth by Obos. Sawtooth uh, by Obos. What about everybody yeah. else? What's your brand of choice? Ultra. Okay. I'm always in the Ultra Olympuses. Yep. I love them. <laughs> Big fan. Yeah. I like, I, yeah, I like Topos. I topos, vasks, ultras. Yeah, I oboe vasks and all. I mean, oboe vasks and topos for what I wore, and I liked all three of them. So yeah. neither of them have very picky feet, right? They we don't, don't get blisters. Get, we anything. don't get blisters. We're I, so lucky. I've gotten one blister on all four trails. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. So, what's your secret? Just getting the proper shoes. <laughs> I have no idea. There's no I real do not take care of my feet. Not like taking they do. care of his feet. That's a secret. Yeah. Like he'll wear his socks until there's holes in them and, and like not even trade them out. It's kind of like teenage boy <laughs> typical, I guess. It's not good. But he does it and he gets by and whatever it works. I, I have the most comfortable feet, even though I take the least care of them in my family and I'm okay. <laughs> huh, interesting yeah because that's a problem for a lot of people especially at the beginning of trails um but it sounds like you never had that problem just one time <laughs> one <laughs> yeah, at least for him <laughs> at least, at least for him yes <laughs> i can't say the same for myself but what i'm hearing is we need to be more like teenage boys and right. not take care of our feet <laughs> okay yeah. no that's not good advice but it, it's working for you turtles that's <laughs> <working great>. Never had any reason not to do so. <laughs> hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Love it. Okay. So next question is stove or cold soak? Cold soak. Cold soak. Cold soak. Actually, really? Yeah, we cold soaked for the last two years. I it's nice to have a hot meal. I don't know that we would have made it as long as we did if we didn't use a stove for the whole PCT because that was our first hike. 
we were all like, you know, getting into it. And it was so nice to have just a hot meal at the end of the day. But once we were like, you know, in it, we're like, okay, we got to do the CDT and we got to do the AT. It just became like, okay, we'll call it so because the weight of, and also for family six, we always cook together. So it always ended up my mom being the one in charge of cooking. And so we always felt bad because none of us wanted to do it. Well, we felt bad making her do it. So like, fine, mom, we'll yeah. give you a break. We'll cook so because you don't have to do it. I was a huge proponent of, let's give it a stove, <laughs> please. Especially one night in Washington when I was trying to cook and it was pouring rain and I spilled the big, huge pot of all of our dinner and kind of just cried as I gathered it up in, you know, it was awful. Mm-hmm. Like, no more of this. No more of this. <laughs> but it, you know there's there's big advantages because a lot of times when it's like super cold and you get into camp um that's when you would want like a hot meal but you don't really want to sit out and cook a hot meal and i'm not a fan of cooking in the tent i know some people do or in the best fuel i'm like i think they're crazy but um yeah so we just we just felt like you know on those nights that's usually when we need like a bar you know like it's a protein bar or something like that and go to bed rather than even do a cold soak because you're just like trying to go to bed <laughs> get warm you know get out of the wind or get out of the snow or whatever it was and uh yeah so we just i mean the other part too we hiked the pacific northwest trail and that trail goes through a bunch of towns that the towns don't even know that the trail is going through there and so if we had to have gotten fuel it would have been really difficult because there wasn't there wasn't fuel you would have to do like an adapter to put propane into a regular whatever the little tanks and yeah it just wouldn't have been fun so so it looked it worked out real well to cold soak it's easy you're not you're not wondering if your fuel's running out i will say i did feel bad for my cousin because she's never experienced having a warm tray a warm meal on trail and we get into like other people's camps like we get to like a shelter at night and it would smell like people cooking and she was like wow, our food never smells like that. And I was like, yeah, that's because we're cold soaking. I'm sorry. <laughs> I did feel kind of bad, but I'll take her on a backpacking trip and I'll make her something with a jet boil. She'll be okay. Oh, it'll be such a treat for her. It'll right. be something you've never experienced before. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's so interesting because most people that I interview, at least this far, say they would never cold soak or whatever. I've done both. So I understand the beauty of both. You guys do too. You've done both um, and kind of settled on cold soaking, but cold soaking is great because it's so efficient and it's efficient for you guys as a family. Um, So it totally makes sense for you guys. And I thought I saw the beauty of it as well. I did it in the desert section of the PCT um, and I actually really liked it. It was fine. You get used to it. um, And then people kind of make fun of you for cold soaking, but I didn't feel like I was really missing out on too much except for hot chocolate. Like that's what I love. So <laughs> but, um, I might, you guys might convince me to, I still have to do the AT um, while Farah and I were talking about this. So I was getting some good info from her, but um, you guys might convince me to cold soak on the AT. We'll see. We'll see. Well, the AT is a good trail to like try both, you know, because you can like, we found so many just like stove things in hiker boxes so if you decide you get sick of it just keep your eye out for a hiker box and you'll find a stove and then you're like oh okay i'll, I'll use this now because it's, it's just so easy to be like oh yeah or you just have yours mailed out to you like you're in towns every three days there's so much room for you to experiment on that trip yeah yeah 
Okay. That's so good to know. And I, you know, it's funny. I've never seen a stove in a hiker box before I've done. Um, I did the piece. I was telling wildfire, I did the PCT the same year as you guys did. And I just finished mm -hmm. the CDT and, and on the hiker in the hiker boxes, I've never seen a stove. So that's good to know that on the AT people just throw their stoves in the hiker box. <laughs> yeah. you print I wouldn't say all the time, but we yeah, I definitely I found like three. three. Yeah, yeah. We found three, which isn't all the time, but it's like still often enough that you're like, well, you know, but yeah, I found I found a backpack in a hiker box that I started using. I used it for like a thousand miles. So <laughs> I love hiker boxes. <laughs> All right. Um, so now we're thank you for the rapid fire. That was really fun. Um, so now we're going to get into the 10 kind of core questions we ask um, every experienced hiker. So the first one is um, we kind of went over this a little bit. Um, how did you get your trail name? So I, I think we can maybe skip that one unless you guys want to go more in detail to that. Nope. Okay. Yeah. So we kind of covered that in the intro. So great. On to the next. So what drew you to long distance hiking? Me, I guess. <laughs> You're the culprit. I, I loved, I, I love hiking. You know, I, I went backpacking when I was young, you know, like I went on my first like real backpack, probably at 12, which these guys started a lot younger, but um, I just, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I just felt like this was awesome. I mean, I remember hiking up into this beautiful meadow stream coming through and glacier up, you know, and, and uh, yeah, it was fantastic. And so I've, I've wanted to do this with the family. I, I mean, there's just so many positives for being outdoors, so many positives for exercise or so many positives for, you know, just getting away from screens, even though, we all carried a phone and we, you know, listened to whatever, but, uh, but it was, it, it's just great. Like, I, mean, I don't know. I'm sure there's negatives to backpacking, but there's a lot more positives. So, yeah. Okay. So it all started with you guys or with you kidnapper. Um, and do you mind me asking how old were the kids when you guys started? The PCT was your first long hike, correct? Um, my older sister, she was 16. Mm -hmm. I was 14, 13, 12, 12, and then nine. Okay. And our, our, our kind of, our goal was, was to get the youngest old enough to, she was hiking, you know, whatever she was hiking solid. And then our oldest not being too old so that she couldn't finish all the trails before we, before she went off to college. Mm -hmm. And, uh, COVID screwed that up because we weren't, we were actually supposed to go out to the, to do the AT and we couldn't because she just didn't know. And, but that's the year that we did the PNT because that one's real close to home. And so by the, and it, and it also starts, you start that trail around the first part of July. So by July, everything was kind of open somewhat. And so we were able just to, to hike and we weren't, get in trouble. Oh, we still couldn't get onto like Indian reservation or yeah, mm -hmm. Native American Indian reservation. But um, anyhow, we couldn't get on the, on the reservations and we couldn't go into Glacier National Park, but we went through the other national parks and we just fine. So, yeah. Yeah. You guys made it work. Okay. Great. Um, I did, I did something similar. I had to, I was telling wildflower earlier. Um, I had to finish uh, 200 miles of the PCT that I skipped over in the Sierra when it was dangerous. Um, 
So I went back in 2020 in the summer, kind of the same time you guys did. Um, and everything was pretty much open. We just had to be, you know, careful, but um, we made it work. And it sounds like you guys made it work too. in twenty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, and our, my grandpa, he kind of drove a support vehicle. So we didn't do a lot of hitchhiking even. And we always hitchhike, but he like would drive into town. He'd go to like Costco and then he'd come and drop off food for us. And we'd just keep hiking. We, and th- that trail, like you, there was like, I don't know, probably, 30 people hiking that year like we were we made up probably half of the or a third of the hikers that <laughs> we were, were actually hiking and so we we didn't see a lot of people and you know we were always alone on that trail so but it was it was fun because the people that you did run into they were they were all like pros like we met um, one gallon he's a quadruple triple crowner that guy is amazing Wait, i've never heard of a quadruple triple crowner i've I think he's heard the only of one who is uh, Billy Goat? I think is a five-time triple crown. I think he got his fifth, but um, and we almost met him. Yeah, we were so close. <laughs> we were so close. We were supposed to have lunch with him in the left hand. It just didn't work out. But, okay, yeah. I want to interview these people too because I've n- I've only heard of triple triple crowners. So you're saying there's a quadruple triple yeah. crown? His name is know. one gallon. I don't know if he goes on the internet. No, he, I don't know how you would even reach him. <laughs> You'd have to find him on the trail. I want to track oh, this guy down. Yeah, we ran into him several times, and he was so much fun. He was so nice, and he had such great like insights. And we ran into a couple of other hikers that like had done each trail so many times, but they had such great insights, and it's it's fun. It's so yeah. much fun. Yeah, yeah. And he doesn't even really consider himself a hiker. He's he's like I I canoe and kayak more. I'm more of a water guy. I'm like <laughs> I think you're uh, everything. I think you're yeah. And he doesn't filter his water. He just drinks everything. It's great. Yeah, yeah, never filters. I wonder the- if he's ever gotten Giardia. Huh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. He has a yeah. stomach of steel, probably. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Some people have it. Yeah. Some people do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. Thanks for the insight. Yeah. <laughs> I might have to track these people down um <laughs> okay let's move on to the next question so let's talk about gear and i know we kind of got into this well i guess it was um turtle when you and wildflower and i were talking about the at so we're going to talk about gear um what are your favorite and least favorite pieces of gear oh good question i think all of us really love our umbrellas for sun and wind and rain and hail snow yeah yeah we love umbrellas yeah Yeah. our umbrellas are great i hmm, it's really hard i hiked uh two and a half trails in a well i hiked two trails in a mariposa by gossamer gear backpack yeah and they sit like right up tight against your back um and i hiked about a thousand miles in the at in the zerk 40 by um mountain smith and that sits up against your back. And they're all, they're, both of those packs were very comfortable. Uh, and yeah, they were really nice. Uh, but, and then I've hiked the other trails in uh, an Osprey Exos that has like that little trampoline that sits up against your back. So it lets airflow go, go between your back. And I love that. We're big fans. <laughs> I refuse to hike a trail if I don't have that air like airflow in my back. I I've hiked all the trails with Osprey packs. I mean, I started the PCT with a different pack, but 
I finished the PCT with an Osprey and we were sponsored by Osprey and we love them. We love their packs. They're a little bit heavier as far as you know gear goes, but not really. And they're great. Yeah. Again, that's one of those ones that's like, it's worth an extra couple ounces. Um, and then they're really like the Exos and the Eja are kind of their lightweight, hold like 30 pounds, 35 pounds or something. Um, and, but they have a, a nice hip belt. They have decent shoulder straps. I would, I actually wish that they would take like the, the shoulder straps that are on the uh, Mountain Smith, the Zerk and put that on their pack because it's it had like, like really runner. wide straps and it has like nice pockets where you can fit like actually double pockets you can fit like a phone and power bars or something and on, on each shoulder strap you could even put a water bottle in but yeah, and he's he'll carry a he'll have like a braid on his pack but mm -hmm. like my dad and I are really into cutting off every single strap we can so we'll cut off like our brains and like all the extra straps we don't need and so at the end of the, we'll like, we'll lose a half a pound off our packs. Yeah, that's I think what that's what last eight, like eight ounces. Eight ounces, so yeah. So, I, we'll I, just I like do keeping it. my brain though, because I like having all the extra pockets and just having the miscellaneous stuff close to hand. I mean, the stuff that I only need at night is in my pack. And the stuff that I'll need throughout the day is in my brain. It's really helpful. Awesome. Okay, so the packs are the, are the thing. Yeah, and I'm packs glad. And yeah, and the umbrellas. So I have an umbrella too, and I love it. Did you use your umbrellas as much on the AT? Uh, no. Not as much, only during the rain. We didn't get rained on as much on the AT as I think other hikers did. It was really sunny in New York. It was really hot in New York, but it wasn't, we were never like in the sun because you're in the green tunnel, but we used them on the other trails a yeah. lot. And that's so, like my, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask, are, do you recommend bringing, because I'm asking purely for myself right now, do you recommend bringing an umbrella on the AT or would you go without, do you think? You know. I would absolutely bring it. I would bring yeah, it. Because you're going to get rained on at least once or twice. <laughs> Definitely more than that. But because it, especially because it's hot when you're getting rained on, you're not going to want to wear a raincoat usually like it's yeah. not a cold rain like it would be in washington it's it's a rain yeah, yeah. it's a rain that's like you're suffocating if you're wearing your rain jacket so an umbrella just keeps you know the air flowing and keeps you dry and, so, yeah. and i would i would say for me like 90 percent of the time when it's raining um i'm wearing an umbrella and i just have that you know tied to my pack and then i'm wearing a rain kilt but no, you know, no rain jacket because I'll just I'll wet that out and it doesn't matter. So <laughs> I'm drier with an umbrella, and I can always like kind of you know if the if the rain's coming from this side, I can put the umbrella on this shoulder strap. If it's coming from this side, you know, or I can just angle it or hold it if it's kind of shifting direction. But I found it's really comfortable, really easy to hike like that. Um, yeah, so that's that's our go-to. Okay, thank oh, you for that. Pillows, we love pillows. <laughs> <laughs> That's the luxury wait, wait. We're just listening to luxury. We love gear, but yeah. you asked what the least favorite gear is. I would have to say it's shoes because you have to order them so often on trail, and everybody wants a different size. They want a different style. They want. I mean, keeping up with shoes for the family is a lot of work. It's my shirt for me. It's my least favorite gear. It stinks. <laughs> it's smelly. On the AT, I'd like rinse it out when I got to camp and like 
wring it out, but it'd still be soaking wet in the morning, but it was <laughs> the only way to survive on that trail. And on the AT, having, we've always done the three girl tent. Girl tent is me and my sisters. And then when my cousin came and joined us, it was my little sister and my cousin. I am usually in the middle. On the AT, that was probably the hardest part is just being sandwiched between people. I didn't, we didn't bring out our sleeping bags for like two months straight. And so it was like, we're laying like sardines in a can. And I was like, if anyone touches me, I'm gonna kill you. Don't, don't touch me, don't touch me. Cause it's like, we're so sweaty and uncomfortable. And it's like all of us in there in sardine cans. So that was, that was a least favorite gear item. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend sharing a tent on that trail. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> yeah, that was the, the AT was the only trail where we typically sleep in a, um, enlightened equipment accomplice it's a double wide quilt just fantastic I know there's other couples that are like don't touch me <laughs> like but we whatever that's what baby wipes are for give yourself a bath take a swim do whatever but um we actually swapped out to um uh, it's a hiker hunger they sell like a actually a really reasonable quilt it was like 60 bucks and we hiked essentially the entire AT with that because that 20 degree quilt was way, way too hot. So, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, yeah, that, I saw your face when I said hiker 160 bucks, but yeah, I just bought it off Amazon and uh, the other um, hiking family, the Strawbridges, that they also have four kids and have hiked and they have triple crowned. Yeah, they, that's what uh, Vince was, was sporting. And I was like, I'm gonna check this thing out. And it, it's great, I love it. So I'm writing this down. So the brand is Hiker Hunger. Hiker yeah. Hunger. Okay. Yeah. $60. yeah they're, they're, they're on Amazon. Okay. Um, so it's really easy to find. But yeah, and they sell like trekking poles. They're pretty cheap too. I'm mean, like, it's really reasonable and and it held up just fine. I mean, it didn't have like offset baffles and stuff, so it's not super techy, but whatever. It works. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That sounds yeah. great. Okay. Thank you for that tip. Totally wrote that down. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I, are we ready to move on to the next, next question? Is there anything else? Yeah. No, I think that's good. Okay, cool. Um, so we're going to get into memories now. So what were your favorite and least favorite memories from trail? I know this is tough because we're covering all of the trails, but just what sticks out to you as your favorite and least favorite um, memory? From trail I, I want to go first I was thinking about I was worried about norovirus on the AT because you hear that in shelters and we just had no intentions of really going in shelters much we just didn't think it worked well for our family there's too many of us we've got kids we just so uh, somehow we got norovirus or symptoms of norovirus because we were never diagnosed uh, it hit honey badger first it hit turtle the worst and it was just a couple of days of, you know, waking up early in the morning and hearing a kid rush out of their tent to throw up, you know, or lots and lots of stops throughout the day because you have to go to the bathroom and buried in the woods. So I think for me, that, that was the hardest point. That was my least favorite memory. Yeah, it was um, pretty annoying. <laughs> I can't think of a bad memory, to yeah. be honest, but I do have a really good one. Um, 
I think the last day on the CDT was a really good day for us, or maybe it was like the second last day. I think we were all like, my we knew that my older sister wasn't gonna hike the uh, like the next trail with us if we were gonna do one. I wasn't sure if I was gonna hike the next trail because I was you know going into my last year of high school and I wasn't sure if I wanted to go off to college, get into the start. And but like that last day, it was like really beautiful. We were walking. We when we were hiking the CDT, we couldn't get permits going northbound through the park through glaciers, so we went southbound. And so uh, we got to just like for like three days, we just got to see all the hikers that were finishing and be like, "Good job, like you know, have a good one." And we, it was so much fun because we just got to say goodbye to everyone, and then we hiked into each glacier. But that last day, we were you know on top of a mountain and you know we're all looking out and we're just all sitting there and we're all coming to the conclusion that like this is it you know we did it and I think that was a good one yeah for sure oh I do have a bad memory though <laughs> Katahdin I am well okay so we tried to summit Katahdin <laughs> and we couldn't and so we had to like go back out of Baxter State Park and come in like three days later but we were like up at the top and I was like grabbing onto some rebar, like trying to like climb, but the wind gusts were so out of like insane. Like I think 60 miles an hour, 50, somebody said 50, somebody said 50, someone said 60. I don't really know. I'm, I didn't really like measure or anything, but like they were really insane. And so we couldn't summit on the day we wanted to. And we'd come so far. Like it was the very last thing we needed to do to get our triple crown and that we couldn't. And it was a really hard day to like hitchhike you know, we had a hitchhike into Bangor, Maine, and it was like a three-hour hitchhike, and the whole time we're all just like, well, you know, we didn't finish. <laughs> like, it was the worst. We were all in the worst mood. Yeah. And I would say, like, as far as, like, you, you know, all the bad stuff that happens to you on trail as far as, like, <coughs> whatever, getting caught in a hailstorm or, or almost making it to a pass and having, a, you know, a thunder lightning storm come over the top of you is you're just like, oh, God. Like that's, that stuff's all scary, but it makes for good stories. We're all still alive. Um, but I'll tell you, dealing with um, Baxter, you know, Baxter Park, uh, Glacier, and even a little bit like North Cascades and getting the permits to go through the parks and having to jump through all the, the weird hoops like Glacier, we could actually have hiked through Glacier from the time that we entered to, to where we made it to the border, uh, no problem if we could have on our second or our second day through the park actually just hitched out of the park, stayed at the camp, KOA. KOA where our friend was set up with their trailer and then hitched back in and then finished the hike. But for some reason, the park is like, nope, you, if you go out of the park and then you come back in, you have to come in. Your permits are all void. Yeah, your permits are all void. And and so it's just the, the it's, there's a ton of hikers and, and the trails are getting more and more popular and and there just isn't a streamline for for saying like hey you know hey there's 12 of you that can go into Baxter and stay at the shelter for the through for the hikers the rest of you good luck and by the way there's no phone coverage there's no real town to get into and get back out like like we said we we went all the way to Bangor Maine. <laughs> Yeah, we stayed in a hotel and then came all the way back because there was just nowhere for us to stay. And I, and guess, I had to go buy a car. So yeah, we had to buy a car. Um, <laughs> Logistics. <Yeah. laughs> but it was, 
it, I guess it's a lot, it, I feel like it's harder for us because there's six of us, but I just think the permit system, we were in uh, East Glacier with like 40 other people and all of them were stranded at um, the Looking Glass, which is a, um, and, a yeah. And she's great, Lynn is awesome, yeah. that's some fun. We loved hanging out there, but it's so hard to just be like stranded, wanting to finish your hike and being unable to, so yeah. we yeah. Just because of some red tape bureaucracy, which, yeah. you know, you're on trail to avoid that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Totally. Uh, I, I wish that the, you know, like the ATC and the CDC, CDTC, whatever, and the PCTA would all like kind of get together with these national parks and just be like, hey, we need to, we need to set up <laughs> camps because there's X thousands of people that are going to be coming through here and we just really need to make this. So we're not, we're not, you know, putting too much pressure on the rangers and whatnot, but also that we can, we can go through. And it's amazing because you hike all these trails, you get around all the other through hikers and they're all great and, and everybody kind of makes do and it's like, oh, God, you know, this is the only camp spot for, you know, whatever. We'll scoot our tent over, you know, what, you know, you just make it happen. And then you get to these parks and they're like, nope. They're like, wait, we've, we've hiked like 2,500 miles, no problem. And now you're telling me no? <laughs> like Please. every single night for Please. months. I've been, nice. you know, and yeah, so that's, that is by far the, the most miserable thing about the trail. All the other stuff, fantastic. You know, even if it's a miserable night where you still have your food and it's, you know, freezing, it still makes for a good story afterwards, but there's, there's no good story to like, in Ranger, <laughs> there's stupid rules and I don't know. I mean, yeah, sure, they try, but it's like, but they, they make up all these weird things and it's just difficult. So, yeah. Yeah, I um, called it the permit puzzle in a Glacier because we had to, you have to kind of puzzle piece your way to the border, yeah. really. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's like, and hike two miles tomorrow and then 25 <laughs> the day after and then, you know, 10 and you're like, come on, seriously? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. How was it um, hiking with Muir? Like certain places must have been hard to hike with a dog, correct? Or like there maybe there was some red tape in certain Muir's places? a service dog. Okay. Um, and so uh, actually going through like the national parks and going like, and, and it's great because also like public transportation a lot of times doesn't let, uh, in fact, I'm not sure if they let any dogs on. But with him being a service dog, um, we really didn't have any any real issues. The only issue was actually Baxter. Baxter was was I, I wouldn't say borderline. They were harassing you know they were harassing me for having a service dog in the park and and uh, you know I was straight up front with them. I called them a couple of days ahead of time just to let them know like hey I've got a service dog. He is coming in the park with us. Um, and actually when we made our second attempt up because again. You, there's no good way to drop off your dog along the trail at a kennel and, and go into Baxter. And there's no real good way to, you don't have phone coverage or we didn't. And so, um, but when we came back in, we just dropped him at a kennel because I was, I, I just didn't want the harassment from the, from the park. But also Mount Katahdin is not super dog friendly. It is, it's a hard mountain to climb because you are doing a lot of like, you know, hands-on and our dog is very good about it. He's, you know, done so many miles with us. He's very smart he's, about getting things, but it's definitely better not. better than we are in most cases. Yeah. There's some things that you just can't do. Yeah. He did the Mahusik notch, no problem. 
Yeah, he did. Like, in fact, he would just, he just kind of let him find, find his own route and he would, he would do it. And it's like, let's follow him. He knows where he's going. <laughs> but yeah. Super dog. Yeah. yeah. If you didn't have your dog, if you didn't have a service dog, I don't know that there, you couldn't do all the trails with your dog the whole way. Yeah. It just mm-hmm. wouldn't happen. Yeah. yeah. So. Okay. That's good to know for people who um, hike with dogs. So thank you for that. Yeah. People who yeah. have dogs. Mm-hmm. The Smokies, the Whites, and the and Baxter, I think, are really the only spots on the AT that are Shenandoah. Oh, Shenandoah's. That you can't really have a dog, but yeah. basically the national parks. Yeah. Okay. Parks. yeah. Okay. Thank you for that. That's good to know for all of our um, dog listeners out there, people who have dogs. <laughs> and another thing, just so you know, like um, for dog listeners, Muir has run into three grizzlies and like a few dozen black bears lots of rattlesnakes but he's always like he's he's really good with like voice voice commands like he doesn't he since the time that he was a puppy we trained him to to hike on the trail and so he goes right behind wildflower and right in front of me and we just hike that way and so he doesn't like he'll look at a squirrel like oh i want to chase you or eat you or, or be friends with you i don't know what's and going in camp in camp he'll sometimes chase squirrels but he's good about big animals and he's good about snakes he doesn't go near snakes frogs anything that he doesn't really know he doesn't chase but, but bears are not attracted to dogs despite what they but what dogs people have said scare bears yeah, yeah and he's scared a bear that was chasing me so he well, saved my not life. really chasing her but running in her direction it was running at me I don't it was know what else running was running from him from to her. <laughs> it was coming at me. It was gonna kill me. <laughs> no, I was in danger. It was scared of you. It was scared of me. Ran towards you, whatever, and then whatever. it was scared of you. There's some debate about the details <laughs> on this bear story. I say I fought the bear. <laughs> I won. Okay. But it was intimidated the, by me. The story. So we were going through. No, we no, don't. Okay. <laughs> okay, not we're not doing that story. Okay. Well, I mean, we can. We were hiking. We were road walking. And there was, you know, a big, huge switchback. And we we're like, okay, we're not going to do the switchback on the road. So we just kind of cut across. But my brother did the switchback on the road. And he scared a bear towards me and starts running. And it's like, like heavy panting and patting down. And it's running down the hill at me. And at first I thought it was our dog. Because sometimes he'll run to catch up with the front groups if we're really far apart. And so I turn around to be like, oh, hi, hey. But it was this bear coming at me. And it was like, I don't know, probably, uh, 10 yards away by the time I had noticed it was coming at me and it was coming directly for me. And I just, I didn't even know what to do. So I just screamed. I was like, ah, no, <laughs> I didn't know what to do. And then it, it was like, and it like turned and changed directions. And then that's when our dog saw it and he, you know, barked and, you know, scared it off. And it was, everything was fine, but it was running directly towards me. And if I hadn't turned around and yelled at it, I don't know what it would have done. So, But bears outside of like national parks, they're, they don't really like any human interaction. So they see you and they're gone. In, in the national parks, they'll like look at you and go, okay, <laughs> and just go on their merry way. So we, yeah, we haven't really had any issues, but definitely with the dog. In fact, there was one night, so we were in um, New York and we were camping and it's, it's rare for us to have like a bear in camp, I think because probably of the dog, because they can smell it. Um, but we definitely had two bears that had come through camp. And so they'd, they'd come through by uh, Wildflower's nice tent. 
And then they'd gone over to like the girl's tent and then they were just hanging out by Turtle's tent. And uh, Muir hates the happy birthday song. He starts barking when you sing happy birthday. I yeah. think he wants to, he, maybe he loves it and wants to join in. No, I think he just it's not, chanting. it's weird. He doesn't like he doesn't, chanting. He also doesn't like counting. But so it was like late and we were just trying to scare these bears away. So we all start singing happy birthday. So he starts barking and then the bears start running. But we're like, <laughs> what do we do? Like, cause we were like, bears go, hey bear go. So we're just trying to go to bed. And so we just started singing and he started barking and then they went away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. So if we need him to bark on command, it's sing happy birthday. There you go. Okay. <laughs> so honey badger, you mentioned kind of a scary moment for you on trail. So that's actually the next question, which is the perfect segue. So was that, I want to ask you all, what was your scariest moment on trail and maybe honey badger, that was it. Or maybe there's another moment that was scarier for you. Um, uh yeah there was one time where I was hiking more alone on the PCT and CDT especially I'd hike alone a lot because I'm in the front and I would just kind of I have longer legs than all my other siblings and so I will just like get progressively further and further ahead of them and just not really wait for them to catch up and on the PCT there was one time where I was really far ahead and I stepped inches from a rattlesnake and then I was, it started rattling at me and I like ran off and I was just there for like five, 10 minutes waiting for everyone to catch up. Cause I was like, I don't know what to do. So I was just like watching the rattlesnake panicking. Um, and then there was a couple of times where I felt like I was like prickling on the back of my neck. Like I was getting watched. I don't know if it was like cougar or just like me, you know, psyching myself out. But yeah, whenever I'm hiking completely, I feel like I'm completely alone. I tend to like stop and wait for someone to catch up with me. Cause like, you know, scary. Yeah. Definitely. Especially when you're used to hiking as a group too. That's right. what you're used to. And then all of a sudden you're not, it might feel a little incomplete for you. Right. Exactly. It does. Yeah. It does feel weird when we're not like completely in a group, especially this last trail, because my cousin and I were always, you know, she was always on my tail. I was always right in front of her. So whenever like she'd even like fall like a few steps behind it, I was like, are you okay? Because it was like directly in pace with each other the whole time. So yeah. Mm -hmm. I would say my scariest moment was in Colorado when Turtle maybe had dehydration or hypo uh, hydro what? hypothermia. Hypothermia is what <laughs> I'm trying to say. Uh, yeah. So we had stopped to visit with it or altitude sickness. We, or combination we had gone up and over this like 13,000 foot pass and had been getting snowed on and we were very cold and we were hustling to try and make it to a certain camp. Uh, we stopped to chat with another hiker and all of a sudden Turtle just passed out. He just fell over, passed out, came to, threw up and we could tell, you know, something's really wrong. So we get him and we set up camp way earlier than normal. His older sister, Amazon, luckily we had a stove. She made him some hot chocolate and we just warmed him up and he went to sleep but i didn't sleep so well that night worrying like hey turtle wake up are you alive uh but he turned out to be fine everything was fine i'm alive yes. <laughs> yeah and that one you know it was a it was a day where we were like it was super windy and we've gotten uh rained on and snowed on and, and the trail was on steep ledges yeah it's just right coming out of like silverthorne in colorado and and so it was just it's kind of a 
a cold, cold day. And I think it just zapped his energy. And like, as long as we're hiking, we stay pretty warm. And him and I, for sure, like we'll hike in shorts and t-shirt, even though it's like rainy. Yeah. But like, you'll put a jacket on, but like a lot of times we won't. And, and so I just think he got probably too cold. Yeah. I was only wearing like a thin rain jacket and it was like, like and one of the things you have to degrees. watch out for too especially on those days where the weather is kind of miserable hot days you're drinking water like crazy and trying to keep it all you know keep your, yourself hydrated on those days where it's cold you don't really pay that close attention and he definitely had, had not drank like he should have and also your hands get that like curled up coldness that you can't really move your fingers and unscrew your water bottle lid so you just don't drink because you can't <laughs> and yeah also with him not only did he pass out he got lost twice the uh, first time he got lost for like you know a half hour the trail went like through these bushes and he kind of went to the like side and like i stopped by this lake and my parents catch up and they're like where's tristan and i was like yo i don't i don't know and <laughs> that, that's 14 year old me saying yo i don't know um but then we had to like run around and look for him and we found him. And then this last trail, he got lost for like 12, no, six, six hours. hours. He like, we well, stopped get for lost. lunch. No, yeah. I, I got lost at the end. But. Yeah, he, we stopped for lunch and then some of us went on to like a shelter to go to the privy and some of us, you know, stayed behind. And so he thought that um, so my we dad- we were going into town no, that night. Yeah, and he thought- that I, town had a spaghetti dinner. No, and no, that's later in the story. No, my dad and important context. <laughs> well, my dad and my little sister, he thought they were in front of us. And so he kept going past the privy. They were really at the privy. And so then my dad and my little sister were behind him. And so he kept going, knowing that there was someone behind him, but thinking that there was someone in front of him. And so just waiting for that group to stop for us to stop for a break. And we always stop for three o'clock snack, but we were hiking into a town and we were trying yeah, to get there on time for like a, a dinner. And like he was saying, a spaghetti dinner. And so he was going cause he didn't want to miss that. And so we were all, you know, hiking. We knew he, well, we guessed he was in front of us. We didn't really know. And, so, and we were hoping he didn't take any sort of cutoff and get lost. And so we're all hiking as fast as we can to catch up with him. He gets all the way down to the road into town. And that's usually where we like always stop. Cause we usually hitchhike into town, but this is a town you could walk into. Dunn he State? proceeds to walk no. into town. Duncannon, Duncannon, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Walks okay. into town, walks all the way up through town, finds the random church that's giving spaghetti dinner to hikers and starts eating when we're all like, I don't know where turtle is. Well, He's okay. dead. We don't know okay. what's happening to him. So, uh, before I find the church spaghetti dinner, okay, so I thought there was just one church in that town. There were like 12. Uh, so I was just wandering through the town. I had a general idea of what the shape of the town is, and I assumed that the church had Wi-Fi so I could text them because I, I was definitely lost at that point. I needed to check in with them. Uh, so I was walking through the town waiting to find the church. I thought it was along Main Street. It wasn't, so I walked to the other end of town, like super far away to like a bridge that divided the town in half. And I was like, okay, this is not the right point. So I, luckily there was a hiker nearby. I ran up to him and I asked him, uh, where's that church that's giving out spaghetti? He's like, oh, it's way back there. And I was like, crap. <laughs> and so I walked back, 
and I arrived and Ruby was there. And yeah, in the meantime, Ruby and I had showed up and found that he wasn't there. So then I'm I'm doubling back to see where he fell off the trail and died. <laughs> and uh left Ruby with, you know, another friend that was a hiker that was gonna stay at the uh the same place we were staying at that night. So But to make it more exciting, Honey Badger and Ducky came across a guy who had fallen off broken the trail. his leg. So oh, I'm like, sitting with him. He doesn't have any painkillers. He doesn't, he's running out of water. I'm, I gave him water. I gave him like a drink mix to give him some electrolytes. And I gave him some ibuprofen because I was like, bro, I don't know what to do. Like, and then luckily we had found a ridge runner because we were like, okay, turtles lost. We need a ridge runner. And so the ridge runner was looking for my brother. But we're like, okay, forget about my brother right now. This guy has a broken leg. He needs you more. So he comes up. And he like gets the guy in a brace and he wants him to like hop down the trail, which isn't working because he's a very tall man and like not balanced at all. So I was like, you need to just crawl. Like that's the only way you're going to get out of here. And so he's like crawling, he's getting his hands all cut up. So I gave him my gloves, which was a big sacrifice for me because they were nice gloves, but it's okay. <laughs> it was all, it was all for the good. And so he's like crawling out of there and I'm, we were with him for like an hour and a half just waiting for him to like well, crawl out of there. Like there was nothing we could really do to help. I was carrying his backpack and we were just, you know, watching him go. But then like after a while it was getting dark and I was like, and the Ridge Runner was like, how about you just carry his backpack down to the car, down to my car and we'll probably call for someone. So as we were, we hiked, it was like point eight to the parking lot from where he had broken his leg. So I hiked down to the parking lot, left his backpack by the car. And right as we got down there, a fire truck came up. And so some paramedics helped him get off the trail. But <laughs> yeah, so we didn't know if he was alive or where he was, but I was like, I gotta help this guy out because he's here and he doesn't have anyone. So it was a very exciting day on trail. <laughs> yeah. Sounds exciting. I hope at the end you all got the spaghetti dinner. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And they had dessert and like cookies. So We're all about the trail magic. <laughs> yes. So happy ending for that scary day. Yeah. yeah. I love it. <laughs> That's a good one. A lot happened that day. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So speaking of spaghetti dinners and food, um, and I know Wildflower, you and I kind of talked about this before the interview but um what was your favorite or your best town meal oh, yes yeah so Tristan and I or Turtle and I told her that Yaks is our number one out of all four trails that is the best restaurant we've been yeah. to oh I didn't go to Yaks I was not there so I can't say that but one time we went to a Chinese food buffet <laughs> and we ate oh. and I I pretty much crawled out of that restaurant and laid on the concrete outside for 10 minutes because I couldn't move. We just ate until we couldn't eat anymore and then we ate some more and it was it was good. Good food. Buffets are Cece's the best. Pizza. Oh, Cece's, Cece's Pizza. pizza. <laughs> okay. Gatlinburg. If you have plans to hike the AT, Cece's Pizza in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. You get out of the Smokies or you're about to go in the Smokies. You're halfway. Yeah, you're right about to go in the Smokies you eat all you can eat pizza for like seven bucks and we stayed there for an embarrassing amount of time like just two hours eating pizza they also have like brownies and like cinnamon rolls like so power outlets like, right yeah power so outlets and wi-fi charging our phones and eating i've never left a town feeling more ill but so happy it was the best <laughs> yeah cc's pizza in gatlinburg that was so good yeah i had like yeah. 12 slices of pizza 
And Gatlinburg is a wild town. It's like a <coughs> Disneyland slash water park slash Ripley's Believe It or Not kind of tourist trap. And it's so wild to be a hiker walking through that town. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're, you feel very out of place. Yeah, it's kind of hard to hitch hike in and out of, too. It took us the, like one of the longest on trail. Yeah. Because yeah. it's smoky. So national parks are hard to hitch in and out of. People... <laughs> don't know that you're a hiker they think maybe you're scary homeless axe yeah. murderers i don't know yeah. definitely tourist towns they don't understand hikers regular trail towns that aren't touristy yeah people are always picking up hikers but the tourist towns like nobody's picking up hikers because they just think <laughs> what are all these homeless people doing <laughs> definitely yeah um, yeah, and I have heard of Gatlinburg, so I'm excited to go there. And that's good to know about the pizza. So we got CC's Pizza, Yaks. Let's so Yaks is in Dunsmuir on the PCT. Yeah. Um, just for the listeners, we need to let them know exactly where these places are. So right. Yaks, PCT, Dunsmuir, go. I've been there too, and it was my. It's like my number one as well. Like out of, I've only done two trails, but out of the two, uh, Yaks hands down wins yeah. for me as yeah. well. Um, and then. Uh, what was the, I'm sorry, what was the other place that you said? The Chinese buffet, was that on this, the PCT or? That was on the AT, but it was just some random town. I don't even really remember it. The, it. Go to a Chinese buffet and. It, yeah. I would just say any buffet. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Buffet, buffet <laughs> just, is all you can eat. Just eat all you can yeah. while you can. They don't know what they're getting in for with all the directors. But mm -hmm. usually our go-to for us on trail was like, we go to a grocery store, we get a rotisserie chicken and some bag, some salad. bag salads and then we sit out front like animals and eat the rotisserie <laughs> chicken yeah. chips salsa ice cream bag salad rotisserie chicken that's our typical into town potato salad potato salad yep. mm -hmm. yeah yes love it um was there some sort of ice cream challenge on the at and did you there do is. it oh do we have another oh, yeah the half gallon challenge that's kind of I think it's kind of something for every trail, but it's mostly on the AT that it gets done, I think, because all the other trails are like, we got to do the half gallon challenge and we get halfway and then we always forgot. But like, <laughs> there's a specific point on the AT where they're like, this is the half gallon challenge, you know, sign your name when you finish. Uh, he was the only one that did it. I failed. Everyone, I failed. So yeah. Oh, you Ladybug's here. Ladybug. <laughs> Yay, we have an addition. Hi, I'm Cheer. It's nice to meet you. <laughs> and you're rolling in in um a podcast interview so excited to talk to you about um kind of the next questions so we were talking about food and i want to ask you now um what was your best trail meal um or in town what was your best meal in town um on the pct cdt pnt or at so we're covering all of them what was the best um, probably on the PCT, there was a town with a restaurant called Yaks. <laughs> we, we agree. Yeah. That's our, I agree. For number one. Okay, that's good. So we got, we got four people here who are Yaks fans. I love it. <laughs> okay, so, I'm, oh, go ahead. I was going to say too, when we were at Yaks, our server was so fantastic because he he kind of knew hikers and so they like brought us out sticky buns and for like they comped us sticky buns and then there was like this whole group next to us 
and they like left like they were just there socializing so they left like whole meals and stuff he's like i'm throwing these all in a dog bag <laughs> so, so our dog and uh, maybe us ate fairly well because that's what hikers do oh yeah and, that sounds and great if anybody that listens to this podcast doesn't you know is questioning that then they're probably not a through hiker yeah <laughs> we, we do have a lot of new hikers that are getting um just kind of good insight so just yeah just so y'all know, if you haven't hiked, hiker this hunger, is hiker hunger is real. Yeah. I mean, two questionable things for <laughs> good food. <laughs> Definitely. So we're giving everybody good insight if they haven't hiked yet, but they're listening in. <laughs> okay, so on um, food, I also want to ask you, and we kind of went over this a little bit, but um, what's your favorite meal to prepare on trail, or what are your favorite snacks for on trail? I like tortillas with Nutella or cookie butter or both. <laughs> We're big fans of that. I would say like a good, a good like kind of fish taco scenario. Anything that you can get like, like a tortilla and you put some like, um, like a, a tuna packet, preferably a tuna packet that like is like a, a tuna salad packet, not just regular tuna. And then you, uh, we found on the PCT, we did this a lot. We'd pick, it's called like miner's lettuce. We found that if you empty out a Pringles can, the insulation of that can will like keep vegetables good for like multiple days. So we would stuff it with like, you know, spinach when we got into town and like, you know, other like, you know, more like hearty, I guess greens and we'd stuff it in there and then we'd have like a pringles can of vegetables that would stay good for like two or three days and so we'd have it on like tacos we put some cheese on there good good eating and then also walking out of town i don't like to have like i like to have like half town food you know do you know i mean like the first day out of town you can carry a couple more heavy things and we found that microwaveable burritos if you left them if you bought them Frozen. They were bottom frozen. They were good for lunch the next day. So like if you left town, let's say in the afternoon on, yeah. and then the next day for lunch, they'd perfectly be de-thawed and they'd taste delicious. <laughs> and so, mm -hmm. and it, they of course weren't like crispy if you were to cook it in the oven, but it would just be like if you microwaved it. And so, yeah, and microwave yourself burritos. Some salsa packets while you're at it. You're, <laughs> you're golden. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow, my mind has been blown. <laughs> yeah. it, it also works for hot pockets too i didn't like hot pockets okay. but lots of people do so that's just me debatable okay, so the same scenario the next yeah also time. like the frozen peanut butter and jelly sandwiches you know like the uncrustables yeah anything that you can find in like the frozen food aisle that doesn't really need to be cooked it just needs to be reheated in a microwave you can pretty much do yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah okay i i loved picking up different uh, flavors of sauce packets or maybe a honey packet. I mean, anything that you can add that was a new flavor to put in ramen or whatever, just to mix things up a bit. That was a tre treasure. One time a hiker box had a bottle of Cracker Barrel syrup that I took with me on the trail. <laughs> I don't know that I ever actually got to put the syrup no. on something, but she I just carried just drank it, it hoping like, shot she would like an elf. <laughs> she wouldn't have drunk it but that's funny mm -hmm. but i like when we got towards the end of the at and we were all kind of sick of our food uh, i got like hooked on um 
the local cheese, the Cabot, Cabot out of Vermont. And I would just buy like four bricks of cheese for a three-day resupply or four-day resupply, along with like the family size thing of, uh, of um, Cheez-Its, like the rigid Cheez-Its. And I just cheese and crackers every day for lunch. And sometimes it'd be lunch and dinner. Because we were, I was sick. Like the the peanut pad Thai is fantastic. Really, really do love that. But uh, you can only eat it for so long. Yeah, we out of the last four years, we spent like forty eight months. We've spent twenty four months on trail, and we've had a lot of peanut pad Thai in those twenty four months. I could probably, <laughs> I could probably eat it now because I haven't eaten it, eaten it since the PCT. <laughs> I have refused it on any other trail. I haven't eaten ramen in three years because we ate it so much on the PCT. Actually, no, I thought it's kind of making me ill. I don't think I can eat But that's just because usually we cold soak our ramen. So that's just not, not the move. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Great. I love the Pringles hack as well. Um, Cause yeah. I tried to take veggies on trail too out of town. Um, but I just put them in a Ziploc and um, you know, by day two or three, it's like slimy and gross. So I might right. do that myself. Thank you for the Pringles yeah. tip. Yeah. Good one. And also like there's vegetables that like avocados stay pretty well. Like you can keep those for two days, but then like, if you're trying to carry like a, a pepper out, it's not going to work. <laughs> like well, thing, well, peppers, peppers are do actually carry. pretty good. But I'd say too, like over like spinach, like going with like cabbage, it, it, okay. it goes one, it's better than fish tacos, but two, they, they just, they last a little bit longer. Yeah, next day out it. Like, it doesn't slime as fast. It's like it's very heavy. Yeah, I like yeah. spinach is lightweight. Yeah, you don't even carry it. Right. <laughs> yeah, nice. Any anything else on the food? The food note. Um, Joey, do you anything? Gatorade bars. That's oh. the go-to in the morning. Nope. That's our breakfast. The bars. The Gatorade. Yeah, like I think Walmart sells them. A couple others stores sell them you don't find them all the time but they're they're fantastic lots of calories Pop it's like tarts. eating like a, a big snick it's more like eating a big candy bar yeah they're kind of like big twix bars they have like a caramel flavor that's almost like a twix it's actually pretty good but we ate too many of them i'm sick of them but i never got sick of pop tarts and i never got sick of cliff bars and i ate pop tarts almost every single day of the at and cliff bars every day for you know four summers and i never got sick of them so shout out to cliff yeah, you did a good job. No, I'm going to write Cliff a letter and say, we've eaten approximately 50,000 Cliff bars. Here's some flavor suggestions we have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they need to sponsor you guys. <laughs> We're big fans, big fans. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I feel like the through hikers keep certain companies in business like Snickers, Cliff Bars. Although I hear a lot of people getting sick of Cliff Bars, so I'm surprised that you guys aren't sick of them. Um, yeah. but it just depends. Ladybug got sick of Oh, them. you're yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, so those, we're on the same page. Those yep. bars of cookie butter, those are go-to. The cookie butter, like Biscoff. Uh, Biscoff, yeah. Yeah, we we wanted to be we ran into a hiker on the cdt who just a tall lean guy named carrot he said he tried to get six thousand calories a day and honey badger had calculated our calories and of course we're on a budget and we're trying to stay lightweight and we're well, trying so hard to get two thousand calories a day and then we hear about carrot and he's just eating cookie butter by the spoonfuls and he's got so yeah. many calories 
So that's a really good high calorie option, but you will get sick of it, just like you'll get sick of anything else. Right, it, like you're eating straight frosting out of a can. It's not really the nutrition your body, the fuel your body needs. Yeah, yeah. But I would just switch it up. Like, don't just have peanut butter every resupply for a full through hike, because then you're gonna hate peanut butter. Like, treat yourself a little bit, get yourself an alternative so that you don't hate peanut butter, because peanut butter isn't something you gotta hate. It's not, <laughs> but a lot of through hikers leave a through hike hating trail foods, and it's because they eat too much of it. Just switch it up every once in a while, you know? Give yourself some variety so you don't like hate everything. <laughs> That's my, my advice. That's really good advice. Yeah. Change it up. Um, okay. So if we're done with food, we're going to segue into kind of like trail angels. So, um, are we done with food or do we still want to talk about food? We, we could, we can be done. Yeah. Okay. I know we can talk about food all day, but <laughs> time. I know it's getting late. Um, we'll move on. So the next question is what's the nicest thing someone did for you on trail or in town? I know we that's have- yeah, it is tough. And the AT was absolutely over the top wonderful with Trail Angels. I mean, so many, so many great stories. But I'd have to say, I, my number one favorite is we were hitching into, oh boy, Waynesboro. Waynesboro. Uh, no, the Franklin. Virginia one. No, it was Waynesboro. Oh, there Waynesboro. was multiple Waynesboro's. Yeah. And um, he, yeah, multiple, multiple cities have the same name. Anyway, we're close to a a national park, and so it was hard to get a hitch, Um, but a guy comes by in a huge vehicle. What was it? A navigator. A Navigator. Lincoln Navigator. Plenty of room for the six of us, right? And we could see it's just him, and it was actually his date. It was his second date with this lady, and she spotted us and said, oh, hitchhikers. And so he's like, yeah. So they flip around, and they come and get us, and they drive us into town. And they're explaining that they were just on their way to a hike. And he's like, you know what? I just live a few towns north of here. You guys are going to get there in a couple of days. Give me a call and I'll bring you to my house. And, you know, you can shower. I'll feed you. And we're like, okay. So we did. We called him and he came and he picked us up. He brought us to his house. He, he had, had a big pool bowls and a of hot fruit tub. in the car. For yeah, us. We were just so eating much- fruit. Like we had like big bowls of grapes and like sliced up watermelons we're just like eating our weight in fruit in the yes. car he's driving us to his yeah. house so great he brought water and drinks all sorts of things at at his house he invited some friends over and she just happens to own the best cupcake shop in town so she brought a couple of uh cupcakes and a lot of really good cupcakes. really really good cupcakes he made a huge spaghetti dinner feast he had a pool and a hot tub yeah yeah and then the next day he was like you know on the way to driving back to the trail i've got all these tubes let's just float the shenandoah river and we're like yeah because we had wanted to do that we wanted to do like an aqua blaze but we couldn't really pull it off so we just did a 45 minute float down the river and then on the way back to the trail, I had discovered that our shoes got mailed to the wrong post office. So we had six pairs of shoes back in a town that we had already been to. And he's like, no problem. Turns the car around, drives us a half hour out of his way. We get our shoes. He takes us back to the trail. I mean, it would have been such a nightmare for us to have to hitch back to that town to get all those shoes. So I know he missed a work meeting or whatever, but I mean, he just went, oh, the top to help us out nicest guy yeah that was it was really great and there was another time when we were in california that was a, this last trail on 
this last year on the Appalachian Trail, but when we were on the PCT in California, my sister hurt her foot. She had tendonitis on the top of her foot and she needed a couple of days to relax. And in, what's the name of that town? They have a great Facebook page with lots of really great like trail angels. And there was one that came and picked us up. He's like, oh, I don't really have a big enough car. Oh, wait, yes, I do. He picks us up at his RV. <laughs> and so we're all like sitting in the back of his RV. He gets us to his house. Yeah. And he has a pool and a hot tub yet again. And we <laughs> stayed at his house for five days. And he, the man loves to cook. So he's cooking us breakfast, lunch, and dinner very gourmet things and we're just eating like kings it is it was so great that the was, whole time he was just like I, he was so nice and like I don't know you called like his lawn and we like <laughs> did some things to help him but for the most part we just stayed at his house and loitered and he just let us and it was so great yeah yeah he, he and his wife are fantastic yeah but there was this kid and I don't know his name I can't remember what town we were heading into but it was northern California and it was kind of getting late, which is a little bit hard to like hitch into a town as it gets later. It's even worrisome for us because then we're like, especially if there's a town that doesn't have like hotels or a, a place to stay, which would be so nice if every town was just like, no, stay here, you know. But anyhow, this kid picked us all six of us up in a little Honda Civic, <laughs> packs, yeah. dog, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. packs, dog. We were packed in It that. was the worst. Okay, he was, was very <laughs> kind because there was no one driving this road. It was going into Sierra City. Or no. No. It wasn't. Truckee? No. Something or somewhere around that. Belden or? Oh, wow. it could have been. No. You don't hitch it to Belden, though. You just walk through it. Yeah, we just walk in yeah. there. I don't remember. It was before the Sierra. It was it was north. As we flipped a bunch on the on this uh, PCT because of the snow. So we'd hit like whatever a bunch of stuff but yeah well, on the our like last half of the trail we were just patchworking everything southbound trying to get what we'd missed and it was one of those times but we drove 45 minutes in his little honda civic all of us had our packs on our lap his trunk was full too so like we had to have our packs on our lap it was the squishiest car ride and it was such a windy road and <laughs> but it was great magic because it was just i'm down let's see if we can fit this will be this will be a challenge and challenge accepted and we made it and it was fantastic and I, you know, I, it's kind of like that spontaneous, you know, like a kid, I don't know how many hikers he's ever given rides to. And if he's ever going to give a, another hiker a ride, we probably still can't get the stench out of his car, but, but it was just fantastic. And, and I love, like, there's a lot of like little, little, whatever, kind gestures that, pe that people do. And, and uh, that was one of them. And it was just so fun. Yeah, we, we fit all six of us plus another driver in a little Honda Civic. It was great. I can't believe you guys fit in a Honda Civic. Do you have a photo? Do you have any sort of evidence of this, like a photo or something? Oh, I wish we did. We, uh, did we not? No. I should have. Should have. Yeah. yeah, we've gotten, we, we usually, people were very surprised, especially on the AT, about our hitchhiking tendencies because that trail, not a lot of people hitchhike because it's a lot of people's first trails and there's so much access to um shuttles. shuttles so but we never took any shuttles we're like no we'll thumb it um and we would get into the back of people's trucks and we'd see like our friends in the same parking lot waiting for their shuttles and they'd be like well you guys are so crazy and we were just like no this is what we do like <laughs> we this is how we get into town we're not crazy we're just hungry and cheap 
yeah. But we would always like we're surprisingly good at fitting into small vehicles in the back of people's trucks or like people in like converted vans will like be like, yeah, just sit on the bed in the back. Like, well, it's a short ride, you'll be okay. And it's yeah, we we're great. We love hitchhiking and we love meeting new people. That's probably my favorite part is hitchhiking and especially teaching my cousin how to hitchhike. We were the very first time we got to, I was like, just stick your thumb out. And she's like, I'm not doing that. And I'm like, you have to do that. Like we had to get into town. <laughs> so her and I were standing at the top, side of the road and then her and I got to ride in the back of someone's truck and it was really fun. Yeah. Uh, another okay. trail that we really liked along the CDT. Um, so all throughout New Mexico and parts of Colorado, uh, Cheshire Cat uh, was- yes. I met him. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. He's, great. He's fantastic. Yeah. yeah just followed hikers for the people who don't know he followed hikers and he would he had his dog with him and he'd give everyone fruit or ice cream sandwiches and he was super nice mm-hmm. yeah yeah shout out to cheshire cat you're great if you're listening yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome those are great stories and i i've had experienced this is a hard question because so many just random acts of kindness happen on trail um, so I know it's really, this is a hard question, but, um, these were great examples, um, of just the kindness that hikers find on trail, um, with re- without really anything expected in return too. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. the yeah, community around trail mm-hmm, is a beautiful thing. Yeah, it really is. Okay. So that's great. Let's move on to the next question. So, um, what is the greatest lesson you've learned on trail? I think it pace, pace yourself. Um, I, I can't, I, I mean, I don't know what exactly um, the completion rate is for people on trails. I, I know that there's a lot of people that drop off and I think some of them drop off because they go at it too hard, too fast. Um, we definitely don't have that problem. We, we ease ourselves into it and then we get to a spot and we just kind of, hover there as far as like mileage goes and whatnot. Um, but we always try and keep in mind too, like we can't take, you know, double zeros or, you know, we can't, in fact, we, we do a lot of Nero's and, and, and very few zeros, um, at least on, on a PCT, we took too many, uh, zeros, but we were waiting for snow to melt. So we kind of felt justified doing it, but, um, but I think you're just kind of keeping in mind, like, okay, we hike, you know, at this pace, we're gonna we're gonna finish this trail, and if we if we don't get in those miles, and so we enjoy the miles that we're doing, we're not pushing too much and killing ourselves, but we're not, you know, slacking either. We're just kind of finding that nice little nice little spot to be in, and and it and it, it really works out well because sometimes we just met a lot of hikers, especially like. AT is like so convenient for a lot of people and there's just so many hikers on that trail. And, and I mean, uh, we were just amazed at how like just the, whatever people that were going really, really slow. And it was just like, you got to get a little bit more miles in or, or you're not going to finish in time. And, but you, there, yeah, we, we ran into a few that had flip-flops and we're, you know, hiking back South and, and had gone up and, and hit the whites and hit like the, you know, the Northeast and we're knocking that out so that they could still go nice. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm guessing they're going to be on trail for like nine months, which is fantastic. It's great. You know, if you can do it, you know, but at the same time, if you're trying to, 
if you're trying to get back in time for the kids to go to school or whatever, it's all right to go ahead and just be aware of your pace and, and set a pace. And smiles before miles, but know where you're at. So, yeah. Yeah. Definitely a balance there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Any other lessons, greatest lessons? That's a good one. And that's um, great advice. And we're going to get into this too, like advice for future through hikers. That's a good one um, yeah. as far as advice as well. But um, greatest, any other greatest lessons that you learned on trail? I think my, the greatest lesson I learned is that you can take from it what you want. You decide what you take from a trail. And I think that a lot of hikers will take well, I, I don't know if I can say a lot of hikers, but some hikers that like will leave early, they'll take all the negative things and they'll justify why they needed to leave. And then they'll, they'll decide to be very bitter about hiking. And like people, when they're deciding to leave, you can see like if you're hiking with a hiker for a long time and you can see like, oh, they're wearing down and they're about to quit. They'll focus a lot on what has been so wrong with the trail recently. It's been so rainy, my feet hurt, I'm so tired. And then they'll just be very bitter about going home. And it's okay to go home in the middle of a through hike. But I think that being able to not quit on a bad day is a good is good advice, first off, but also just um, you know, being able to take the positive moments and really let them carry you as much as they can. And even if you do need to go home and you need to quit and you need to turn around or you need to take a break you know, not letting that be a bad moment, just letting it be part of the trip, you know, because a lot of people, their Appalachian Trail or whatever is Katahdin, you know, they're hiking to Katahdin. And for some people, it's like, you know, it's all about finishing. And it's like, no, it's, it's okay to like, take a day in a hotel and have a fun time in a hotel or take a day in a hostel or, you know, just take a break. Um, or even go home because you spent, you know, you got to look back and be like, well, I did hike for a month. And that is more than a lot of people can say that they did. And you made a lot of miles. And I think just taking from it positive things and, you know, being happy with yourself is important. I think always being proud of what you've done. Journey before destination. Yeah. Mm -hmm. mm, this is very wise of you guys to say yes. <laughs> yeah, no, this is great. And it's great for um, aspiring hikers to hear this, because even like what you were saying, honey badger, even if you have to get off trail, that's not a failure, unless, right. unless it's a failure in your mind, you know, it's all about the journey and what you define as failure or not. So it doesn't have to be a failure. If you get off trail, you can always go back. You can yeah. always go back. Yeah. yeah. And we met like, in fact, again, going back to like the AT where you have really, a lot of access to the trail and you have a lot of people hiking and we've met several people that you know one lady she is blue blue blaze i think was her trail name it, it was 20 years and she finished it we saw her on her last day and and i'm like i can't imagine how great that feels to to think about the trail over the last 20 years and the different sections that you did so yeah i mean kudos to kudos to to her for finishing it out, for piecing it together, for sticking with it, and for and for enjoying it, and and she got her name Blue Blaze because she would go on every little side trail and enjoy every little aspect of the trail, and it's like that, that is awesome, so awesome. So yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. It's um a separate journey for everybody, and she was doing it her own way, 
So yeah. that's amazing. Hike your own hike. Hike your own hike. A lot of people laugh at that phrase these days, but I still think it's rings true. I don't know yeah. why people are laughing about it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because, well, I mean, some people will be like, hike your own hike. Oh, you guys are just not through hiking. And it's like, no, I, I, just let other people live. Like, what do you, what's your deal? Just let us live, you know? <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. Hike your own hike. I still stand by that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Great. So, um, yeah, I mean, we were kind of going into your top, like top advice, even in this question. So I guess I'll open that up even more. So any other top advice that you have for aspiring through hikers that are listening in? Um, I think you just start as if your goal is to finish, right? And then you just see what happens. You see how it goes. I mean, you're not in control of mother nature. You're not in control of if you have an injury or an accident or whatever, but you just start and you use the vernacular of when I get to the finish line, whatever it is, and that's your goal. And then things will happen as they happen, but you are going to see the best of humanity. The, the hikers that you meet will be from all walks of life, definitely from groups of people that you're not used to hanging out with in your day-to-day -day life. And you're just going to love them. And like, oh, you like to hike? We like to hike. Let's be best friends for the rest of our life. It's just so wonderful, the people from all over the world that you meet on trail. I would say a, another thing, um, look at the hike as being like a, like a hundred mile hike or from resupply to resupply. So, you know, it, you're, you're just basically going from one resupply to the next. And that's the section you, you kind of worry about. Like typically the way we, we would plan for a hike and plan our resupply is I, I would like sit down with my gut hook app or far out app open and I would pick out the towns. I'd look to see which towns had like the best like grocery stores, what the spacing was, you know, whether you're going to hitch into Leavenworth or you're going to hitch into Stevens, you know, from, um, and, and just do that. Uh, and then just plan on, okay, so this resupply is 84 miles. And the elevations look like they're going to be X. We're going to plan on doing this in, you know, four days or, or five days, whatever it is. And then that's, that's your hike. And then the next hike might be, you know, 60 miles. It might be a hundred miles. That's your hike. And, and all you do is on the PCT, it's 2,600 mile resupplies. And you just do a hundred miles and a hundred miles and, and just kind of plan it like that rather than, you know, I mean, it is a huge undertaking to jump on any of these trails and, and figure out what you're going to do for like 3,100 miles, on, you know, on the CDT, because you're going to end up with a forest fire and you're going to end up with a reroute and you're going to end up with, you know, something happening. And it's just the Rangers aren't going to let you go through Glacier the way you wanted to. So you flip up to the top and you hike back and you do a victory lap saying goodbye to all your friends and, and uh, you know, giving everybody high fives, which it was fantastic. I'd highly recommend that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that worked that out great. Also, yeah, that also was really good for my cousin who had never thrived before. We were all like, oh yeah, you know, 2,100 miles. It's just, you know, another summer for us. But for her, she'd never done it before. And of course it wasn't just like another summer. Of course it was a big undertaking for us, but we'd all kind of gotten used to just being like, okay, resupply to resupply. You know, we're going to be out here till September, but it, you know, one, one day at a time. And I think she was often 
overwhelmed and I would just be like no ducky we're going into town tomorrow then we're gonna eat then we're gonna get more food then we're gonna keep walking for just three more days just three more days and then we'll get into a town we'll get go to the laundromat we'll get a shower just think about that and so just breaking it up into smaller chunks I think was a lot of help for her and so I think it'll be a lot of help for um, new hikers it's just a good way to look at it just just divide it up yeah, and I would, uh, I think the other thing, especially um, having my, my niece on the hike, on this last hike with us, it kind of like made us like look back at certain things. It was like, oh, this was pretty good advice. But like she got so worried about the whites you know, in, New, in New Hampshire and she yeah. got so worried about the Mahusik Notch. And, and it was like, we did the Mahusik Notch. How'd you feel? Great. You know, it was like, yeah, yeah. You know what? Sure, it took you three hours or whatever to go a mile, but you did it. We're all better for it. We got maybe a, a rip in the pack here and a broken trekking pole from the, I think we broke two trekking poles in yeah. the bikes, you know, but, it, but we all made it through. It may not have been at the pace that we wished we could have, you know, like, well, it would been great to do 20, 25 mile days all through there. We didn't, but we made it and it was great. And we just had to set our pace. Yeah, she her her phrase a lot was I'm scared. <laughs> like we'd we'd be like, oh, we have a climb this afternoon. She's like, don't tell me that. But she was always she's a very strong hiker. She kept up. We've been hiking for years, and we found that like the more trails you do, the more you have muscle memory. Like after the PCT, when we started doing the PNT, it took us like two weeks to get in the shape. One on the PCT it took us like almost a full month, you know, to like get up to doing 15, 20 mile days. It took us no time at all. And then same with the CDT, you just get back into it. So on the AT, we, you know, the first couple of days we took it slow, but we were back into what we do, you know, we just, our bodies were used to it, but she just fell right in behind us and she'd always be like, I'm scared. I'm like, shut up. You can do this. Like you just don't, don't let other hikers scare you. And keep in mind that everyone hikes differently. And so, you know, you know what you can do and don't be scared of like what other people can't do, you know, or what you think you can't do. Like just just give it, give it your best go. Don't be afraid. Yeah. I, I'd say another piece of advice. Um, we always tried to make it so like when we set up tents that we were in and we were warm and we were dry, you know? And, and so we didn't go with like a lighter rating sleeping, sleeping bag. She, she carried that heavy sleeping bag on that CDT. Worth it. <laughs> But but it was worth it for her, and and we always felt like once we kind of set up the camp, and we, you know, you get to really good at picking out camps and saying like, okay, this one's going to work, or you know, we're going to bypass this one because it's going to be swampy. And sometimes you do get stuck in the middle of Lion's Head bushwhack on the PNT, which was uh, like I, there was one place that we could camp, and we had to make do, and it worked. But, We're uh, talking about miserable days. Back to that lion's head bushwhack on the PNT. It's it took us eleven hours to do what five miles. Five miles bushwhacking through very thick forest. All of us were cut up, and I kissed the ground when we were out of there. I was, it was good riddance. <laughs> Terrible. I was, I was happy throughout for that. It was a very yeah. miserable day, but we weren't miserable ourselves. It was so thick when you went to step off, like you'd step over a tree. And then step onto another tree and then onto another tree to like then try and step down the other side. And you'd have to probe with your trekking poles to see if 
there was ground underneath you and there wasn't. You just ended up having to like step onto the brush and it would just compact until it held your weight. And then you were <laughs> walking again. It was really, really brutal. Walking on top of bushes and like falling into bushes and falling into weird holes. And we lost like a trekking pole and broke a trekking pole. And it was, it was bad news. Yeah. But anyways, back to, we survived that. We yeah. did that. Yeah. You, can, you can do hard things. Do hard and, things. and we bonded with other hikers that have survived it as well. And we've, <laughs> we've reminisced. And, but like I said, going back to make it so that you're comfortable at night because you get a good night's sleep. Like if, if we're on level ground, I sleep so much better than if I'm just even at a little bit of an angle. And rather than like, they'll use like the switchback from Nemo and the, like the little uh, Z, Z mats from- uh, Switchback, so just all switchback. Yeah, but Thermarest makes one too. Oh, it's like right. the Z light or whatever. Um, it just doesn't work for me. I'm not gonna sleep well. I'm not gonna hike well the next day. So I, yeah, I went with a heavier pad and enjoy it. And our tents, I feel like are pretty solid. They stay pretty dry, even in like the worst of weather, maybe have a little puddle here or there. And, uh, but we, we sleep comfortable and that's just get out of the weather. And, and then, then it makes hiking much, much better. Treat yourself, treat yeah. yourself to a good night's sleep. <laughs> and that's actually probably why more people aren't ultra like hikers because a lot of those guys, when we saw like storms roll in at like two in the morning, they were breaking down camp to hike because it was too cold or they didn't have their shelter wasn't as, as good because it was just whatever a tarp tarp which you know tarps are tarps are okay but they're not the greatest and so yeah we slept through the night where they were up at like two in the morning hiking to try and get someplace and then you know weather doesn't typically stay bad for days and days on end if you can make it you know a couple days in the rain and then a couple days where it'll be nice and everything will dry out again so yeah really good advice. There was a ton packed in there. And I love what you guys said about take it, you know, a hundred miles at a time, just so, um, or just like from town to town, because like you guys were saying a through hike, the idea of a through hike, 2000 miles, 3000 miles is so daunting for people. So taking it kind of one step at a time, one break at a time, one town at a time, um, I feel like is really helpful advice, especially for hikers who have not hiked yet and are planning to, but maybe feel a little, little overwhelmed by it. Mm -hmm. Good advice. There was a ton packed in there and I love that. Um, so I want to ask you guys now, um, what's next for the Bennett family? What's next for Kids Out Wild? Is there anything next? Or are you just kind of settling in now to um, your new life, not through hiking? Or are you planning on something else? <laughs> you know, I never want to stop. <laughs> yeah, well, him and I were going to go do the Arizona Trail for, well, he, he's like, do you want to go hike the Arizona Trail right now? And I was like, I don't know, maybe, <laughs> but I gotta go to college in January, so we can't, but for us, it might, we might be done with family adventures, um, I have a lot of hikes that I want to do on my own, um, well, not, maybe not solo, but I, yeah, I think, well, getting the whole family back together, again, this is like, this is why, um, we did this, like, Wildflower and I like kind of tried to plan this out so that we could hike when our youngest was old enough to hike and our oldest wasn't gone to to college and now now our our, our little babies are are leaving the nest and 
it's just harder to try and make this this stuff happen yeah um i think if i'm available and they're doing another hike i could join them but also my little sister she doesn't want to she doesn't want to do any more hikes she <laughs> wants to do other adventures that she wants to canoe and kayak so we're, they're thinking about maybe doing some river adventures or finding something that she likes to do more because it's more of like me and my brother and my older sister that like to backpack she's not really there for it so. <laughs> she's more of the defiant 13 year old that uh that she was when she started the pct and was like i can't believe you think i'm gonna do this yeah but, but it, i mean it doesn't change the fact she doesn't want to do it <laughs> so i think they'll do other things but you know still still stay outdoors when we can yeah, yeah. but there's there's i mean the azt is is on the short list the long trail uh the colorado trail because we did a lot of the Colorado Trail or whatever. We did part of the Colorado Trail on the CDT, but it'd be nice to do the whole thing. Um, and then, you know, whatever, the Ice Age Trail. I tell the kids as a celebration for them all, like flying the coop, that, uh, you know, Wildflower and I are going to go do the TROA. So that <laughs> that will be like our celebration for getting rid of kids. And they we love them, but we... <laughs> That's fine. I'll do it on my own. But we're not paying for them to go to New Zealand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's fine. I'll do it on my own. I also want to do the coast to coast in England. And I, my cousin that hiked with me, um, she has a sister who's living in England. So we're going to try and see if we can go out there and, you know, get her to hike with us. She's never backpacked. Her older sister's never backpacked. I'm like, come on, Becky, you got to get your sister to hike with us. <laughs> and so we're going to try and make that happen. Yeah. Yeah amazing the tear trail. Oh. trail was the one that i just was just reading about uh before we hiked the at and that one looks fantastic starts in the black sea ends at the atlantic and in, in uh, portugal goes through 13 countries I, I i would love to go on some foreign hikes I, yeah. I just like we love we've loved meeting all the people on on all the trail towns that we've been to and it's just been fantastic and i was like this would be great if we can go. Of course, I you know I don't speak any foreign languages, so going international. <laughs> but it, it would be fun. So yeah, sky's the limit, really. Sky's the limit. So oh yeah, that's amazing. So um, and what a special time you you chose to hit it right where all of your kids could hike with you, and now you're you're triple crowners. Um, and it sounds like you have a lot more adventures in store. So where can our listeners um? follow along with your adventures well we post on instagram and facebook when we're on trail just kind of limited and then when i get home i put together youtube videos of our footage not they're not super high quality i feel like they're more like home videos but <laughs> do a lot of instagram under kids out wild yeah so everything's under kids out wild yeah yeah Perfect. Yeah. And we'll, um, I'll link that in the show notes. Um, so listeners can just click on it and follow you guys. So perfect. Well, it was so good, um, talking with you about everything, the triple crowners as a family. Um, I know a lot of people will really enjoy your story and, um, enjoy following with you in the future too. So thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah, thanks for having thank me. Well, what a great interview with family and Muir. 
if you would like to follow along with Kids Out Wild, you can check out all of the links in the show notes to their Facebook, their Instagram, and their YouTube. While being an aspiring triple crowner myself, I am so impressed by the whole family in completing their triple crown. It's hard enough to do it as one person. I can only imagine how it was as a family, which they gave us a lot of insight into. We'd like to thank Sawyer again for sponsoring this podcast. We love their products, their permethrin, their Pickerton sunscreen, water filtration, and we also love that they make products with purpose. So they believe in clean water for all, and we love their initiatives and their dedication to making the world a better place. You can check out their wonderful products and you can also donate to the Sawyer Foundation by going to their website. It's www.sawyer.com and we have that link in the show notes for you. If you'd like to get involved with the thrower community, this is for long distance hikers, new and experienced, and also trail angels, you can check out our website. It is www.thrower.com. That's www.thru-r.com. And on our website, we have our membership application. Membership is free for new and experienced long distance hikers, trail angels. And we have many other resources on there, including links to our open events. So we also have events for just for our members, but we have links for everybody to our open events. And we also have a resources page. We have a blog, a link to this podcast, of course, a link to our socials. And you can also find all of those links in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening today. And until next time, happy hiking. Thank you.